0: Uh, this morning, uh, we are kicking off a, a 14-week out on the book of James. Yeah, you heard that right. 14 weeks of just marinating in the book of James. That's what we're going to do this summer. And so, uh, as you're going to vacation and all these things, you feel free to come on in and come out, and we'll still be in James. And so... Uh, um, but I, lo- I love this book, of James. And, and it's a series. It's a series based on a, a series and study by Rick Warren, who you're from, are probably familiar with from Saddleback Church, wrote Purpose Driven Life. Um, but I'm excited about it. James is, is one of the most practical books, uh, certainly in the New Testament, but maybe in, in all of Scripture. It is a how to manual for the Christian life. And this morning, we're going to look at how to profit from our problems, how to profit from our problems. I don't know about you, but when I'm writing someone, whether, you know, uh, I don't know when the last time I've sent a letter, but a letter or an email or a text, and I need to address an issue with someone, I kind of like to ease into it. You know, like, how you doing? How's your family? What's been going on? And then I'll slide in, you know, well, let me tell you about, this is my problem. I like to slowly get to the issue. And I, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, I like to use the sandwich approach. You ever heard of the sandwich approach? So you first begin with a positive, and then you then you slide in the critique, and then you end with a positive. So they started out feeling good, and they end feeling good. Um, you know what, James? He doesn't do any of that. He's like he's like this is I'm writing the letter. Here I am. Bam, verse two. He says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Sure. How'd you like to get a letter like that? Hey, my name's Alan. Consider it pure joy whenever you face many trials. You got problems? Be happy. What in the world? Well, the key phrase is, is because you know. James goes on to say, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know. What do we know? That the testing of your faith produces perseverance you see our attitude is determined by our understanding rejoicing is not just a positive thinking but it's based on some facts of life and so here's some facts of that i want to share with you about trials and problems and difficulties the first thing is trials are inevitable scripture doesn't say if you encounter problems consider it joy but whenever so count on it you're going to have problems If you don't have trials, you need to maybe check your pulse. Peter said, uh, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Peter said, don't be surprised when you have problems. Count on it. Problems are not an elective in life. They are a required course. You don't get out of them simply by saying, you know, I don't want to have problems. Nobody is immune. The other thing about trials is that trials are unpredictable. Uh, James says, whenever you face trials, the word face in, in Greek literally means to fall into unexpectedly. To fall into unexpectedly. It's the same word used in the story of the Good Samaritan, where the man fell among thieves. It was unexpected. Trials are not planned. We seldom can anticipate the problems we're going to experience in life. That's probably good because if we could, we'd run the other way, right? If we knew the problem was coming, we'd go the other way. And we would then miss the benefit of those problems. We don't plan to have a flat tire. We don't plan to have a crisis. They're unplanned. They're unpredictable when we least expect them. That's kind of what makes a problem a problem. Often it's inconvenient when you fall into it suddenly. Third thing is trials come in all shapes and sizes. There are many kinds of trials. One thing about problems is you don't get bored with them. There's a wide variety of them. Listen, have you ever tried to match paint? Taking a sample and tried to go match paint? The word in the Greek for many kinds is literally multicolored multicolored. There are problems of many shades and varieties. They vary in intensity, they they vary in variety, they vary in duration. Some are minor inconveniences, some are major crisis. We have all kinds, uh, shapes of problems. The fourth thing is this, trials are purposeful. They have a purpose. Pain can be productive. Pressure produces. Suffering can accomplish something. It has value in our lives. The first thing it it produces is trials purify my faith. In our scripture, he used the word testing, as in testing gold and silver. You heat them up until hot, until the impurities would, would melt off, burned off. Job says this, he said, he has tested me, God has tested me through the refining fire, and I have come out. As pure gold. The first thing trials do is they test our faith. They purify us. You know, Christians are a lot like tea bags. You don't know what's inside of them until you drop them in hot water. Then you know. Your faith develops when things don't go as planned. Your faith develops when you don't feel like doing what's right. It purifies your faith. Christians are like steel. When they're tested, they come out stronger. Problems purify our faith. Trials also increase our patience. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. He's talking about staying power, not a, a passive patience, but staying power, endurance. The ability to keep on, the ability to hang in there. The the Greek here literally means the ability to stay under pressure. We don't like pressure, and we do everything we can to avoid pressure. We run from it, we take drugs, we drink alcohol, we go to Disney World, we go to Legoland, anything to get away from pressure. Sometimes when we go there, we find pressure. But God uses problems in our lives to teach us how to handle pressure. Pressure. How to never give give up. You know we often joke about um, not asking God for patience because He'll give you something to be patient about, right? But how does God teach you patience? By everything going your way? No. God teaches you patience in traffic jams, and uh, I mean not in matter, but I mean in grocery lines. Go to the on Friday or Saturday. Have mercy. He teaches us patience in the waiting periods of life. Listen, we we live in a comfortable, convenient society. Everybody wants it now. If you can't have it now, well, then just forget about it. Endurance today is a rare quality. Vince Lombardi said when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We don't celebrate enough the fact that we are here. You hear me? We don't lift up those of us who just simply haven't given up. It's easy to give up. And you might get applauded if you do. Well, you tried. Good for you. Good for you. You tried. That's good. No, we need to celebrate and praise those around us who have kept going, who haven't given up. Trials also sanctify our character. They make me like Jesus. They help me mature. They help me grow. Uh, the scripture says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, that's God's long-range goal. His ultimate purpose is maturity. God wants you to grow up. He wants you to mature. In the Christian life, character is the bottom line. So many Christians I talk to have absolutely no idea of God's agenda in their life. They don't know what's happening, and as a result, they are overwhelmed by their problems. God's number one purpose in your life is to make you like Jesus. God is much more interested in building my character than in making me comfortable. I'm going to say that again. God is much more interested in building my character than making me comfortable. If God's going to make me like Jesus, he's going to take me through the things that Jesus went through. There were times when Jesus was lonely. There were times when Jesus was fatigued. There were times when he was tempted to be depressed and discouraged. He's going to send me through things that Jesus went through in order to make me like Jesus. One of the ways that he helps me do that is through the circumstances of life. You know, Here's where James hits it right on the head. So many Christians that come across everything, they say everything was going great when I first decided to believe. Then all these problems came. Maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I'm not really saved. Maybe I've missed the boat. Let me tell you something, you are exactly where God wants you to be. You're in a character Course. We looked at this verse a few weeks ago, but Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good. Not all things are good, but they work together for good if we love God and are called according to his purpose. And the secret of Romans 8:28 8, is 8.29. For him he did foreknow, he did predestine to become conformed to the image of the Son of God. Why do all things work together for the good? in order to make me like Christ. Think about the fruit of the Spirit. What are they? Love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control? How does God teach us the fruit of the Spirit? By putting us in the exact opposite situation. If God wants to teach you love, guess what? He's going to put you around people that are unlovely. If he wants to teach you joy, he's going to put you in times of tragedy and sadness so you'll learn joy in the situation. Peace, God puts you around chaos. The dinner's burning, the telephone rings, the cat uh, chased the dog, the kid's got a dirty diaper. That's where you learn peace. It's easy to be peaceful laying on the beach in Tahiti. Sounds nice. Anybody can do that. Patience through times of waiting. Ephesians says that we are God's workmanship. And God wants to make a masterpiece out of you and me. He wants us to be mature and complete and not lacking anything. That's the picture of Jesus, and that's what he wants you to be like. So that's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. How do you handle your problems? The first thing is rejoice. What? Rejoice? Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. Now, don't misunderstand what he's saying. He's not saying fake it. He's not saying put it on a plastic smile. He's not saying be Pollyanna. God never asks you to deny reality. He's also, uh, you know, not saying uh, to be a, uh, he's not talking about masochism. Good, you know, I get to suffer. Yay, I'm, uh, you know. I just love to suffer. I feel spiritual when I feel bad. He's not not saying having a martyr complex. We don't rejoice for the problem. We rejoice in the problem. We don't thank God for the situation. Why would I thank God for evil? But I thank God in the situation. One of the most misunderstood verses in this, in the scriptures is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know God's will for your life, it's simple. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, give thanks. You know, why should I give thanks to God for cancer? Thank you for that accident. Thank you for war. Thank you that I I just lost a loved one? No. What kind of God do you think that he is? It says, in everything, give thanks. Why? means we can thank God because we know that he can take even the bad in our lives and turn it around and bring good out of it. I don't care where your problems come from. You may have caused them. The devil may have caused them. They may, may be a problem that our society has brought on you, but the source of our problems doesn't really matter because God can use them all for your growth and his glory. So what makes the difference? The difference is your attitude. It says consider it pure joy. The word consider means to, a, a deliberate look at. It means to evaluate, to make up your mind once and for all. While I'm living in the present, I look to the forward benefit, to the future benefit of this problem. Celebration is a choice. Although I cannot control the circumstances that happen to me in life, I can control how I will respond to them. Viktor Frankl, he was a Jewish psychologist who spent time in the Nazi concentration camp In Germany, he said this. He said, they stripped me naked. They took everything. They took my wedding ring. They took my watch. I stood there naked, and all of a sudden, I realized at this moment that although they could take everything from me, my wife, my family, my possessions, they could not take away my freedom to choose how I was going to respond. You choose to rejoice in the situation. Psalm 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even when I don't feel like it. Even when things aren't going right. Problems, you know, they don't automatically produce blessings. For some people, problems destroy them. You'll either be bitter or you'll be better. And the difference in those two words is the letter I. It's how you choose to respond. Second thing you need to do is pray. Pray. Rejoice. Pray. Of all times to pray, pray when you have problems. I mean, heck, that's when a lot of us pray anyways. When things aren't going right, that's when we pray. But I mean, it, when you got problems, Pray. So what do you pray about? Verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You ought to pray for wisdom when you're in the middle of a problem. Don't waste that opportunity to grow. Ask God to give you wisdom. Wisdom is looking at things from God's point of view. Pray for wisdom to understand the problem. And the third thing is this, trust. Trust God to know what's best for your life. Cooperate with, him, with his purpose so you don't short-circuit the process. That's called faith. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. That's what James tells us. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. You know, it's not always easy to have a joyful attitude, a joyful heart in the midst of our problems. Even when you want to have a joyful attitude, it can be difficult. That's why you need to pray for two things, wisdom to understand the trial and faith to endure the trial. You need them both. God says the devil wants to use problems to defeat you, but God wants to use problems to develop you, to grow you, to mature you. Which one will it be? Some of you are going through some problems right now. It's pretty hard. I'm here to tell you that God cares. God loves you. He cares about you. He, is, he, he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows exactly where you are. He cares. And God has the power to do something about your problem. He could change it in a snap. He's a miracle-working God. And so the question is, why doesn't he? Because sometimes there's a greater purpose. The greater purpose is what he wants to do in you. God is more interested in building your character than making our lives comfortable. Once you've learned those qualities, he may be free to remove that situation. But there are some things in life that we're never going to be free from on this side of heaven. There are thorns in the flesh. We will deal with them and carry them and nothing comes into your life. Here's the thing. Nothing comes into your life without the Heavenly Father's permission. But there's a fantastic problem. It's in verse 12. I'm getting ahead of myself in James, but it's because it's verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. God says there will be a reward. See, I don't think when we get to heaven there's going to be... I don't think all the rewards are going to go to pastors and evangelists or the Billy Grahams, although I think Billy Graham received a heck of a crown a few weeks ago. I think the rewards will go to the people who quietly put up with difficult situations and develop the character of Christ in their life. He says, there will be a crown of life. Cast all your cares upon him. God knows you and he cares for you. And God wants to produce something in you. And that something is Jesus. Rejoice. Pray. Pray and trust in your heavenly Father. Amen.